0: Welcome to the podcast appetite for distortion episode 209 my name is Brando and we all continue to feel feel our quarantine uh, what was it going on four months it's just I, I think I've, I've tweeted a few times out the the gif of Axel in the estranged uh, video when he's lying on the couch and you kind of just see his his body get up and leave him and just put his uh, his head in his hands and just in frustration. Yeah. That's how quarantine kind of feels, but uh, I have to thank all of you for continuing to go along this podcast night train with me because this is kind of my, my salvation a bit. Uh, and especially since I'm, I'm stuck here, stuck at home, stuck in Queens, New York. Um, yeah, me and my girlfriend, uh, my girlfriend and I will, we'll make some trips here and there, but nothing too crazy. Uh, obviously social distancing and, and masking and all that. That fun stuff, but uh, we're obviously, like most of the world, just kind of stuck in place. And it sucks because this was going to be a great summer of concerts for all of us. So it's nice to do a bit of quote-unquote traveling in this podcast. So later on in the episode, we're going to go to Israel. We're going to speak to Ben Solomon for kind of a a hybrid segment of fan obsession and appetite for discovery. I'll spare you the sound, sound bites for now. Uh, And we had to talk to him about his band, Guns and Moses. (laughs) I love it. And he's a new listener of the show. I I say that often, and I wouldn't be saying it if it weren't true. I just, I'm not a very good liar. He messaged me maybe less than a week ago saying that he's a new listener from Israel and and catching up on the podcast. Uh, And I'm like, you know what? Come on, especially with the, you have a band, Guns and Moses, that's right up my alley. It's right up my sense of humor. It's brilliant. So we're going to talk to him later on. But first, speaking of, I guess, uh, sense of humor, and I, I guess can't believe in, and thanks to all of you who allow me this platform to be able to do this, uh, we're going to speak to Harry Shearer, the great Harry Shearer, Spinal Tap, A Mighty Wind, The Simpsons, of course, The Simpsons. Uh, Mr. Burns, Smithers, Otto, Doctor Hibbert—I mean, it's the the list is almost endless with not just his Simpson characters but his credentials. So, our six degrees of Guns N' Roses bacon, uh, six degrees of GNR separation today is going to take us to, to to Harry, and we're going to talk about, of course, what GNR connection there is to the Simpsons. We're going to talk about uh, Spinal Tap. As well a little bit, because I know there was an incident uh, during their Freddie Mercury concert where there was a, a rumor that a GNR member unplugged one of their amps. So we're going to see if we can get a more to the story on that. But I, I want to preface uh, my conversation with Harry with this, because we're going to talk about this as well. And I don't want you to be like, whoa, whoa. Uh, it's a good whoa. But Harry has a new song out and a new video that, that's coming out. So the, the song is called Sudden Law, and the uh, the album is, is called Moods of Donald Trump. So that's what, <laughs> that's what he's he's promoting. The video is is, is so bizarre and crazy. Well, I'm mean, obviously going to talk to, to Harry about it, but I want to mention this because uh, as we continue to trick along this podcast, which is, of course is GNR focused, but it's great that Guns N' Roses as a band, and I think you as a fan base and, of course, a listener base of this podcast, we can always go deeper. We can go deeper in the conversation. That's why we can talk to Alan Niven about depression. We can talk to Roberta Freeman about Black Lives Matter. And sometimes we have to get political. I'm not necessarily a political guy. I, I work on political shows. Uh, I've worked on Buck Sexton's show, uh, uh, currently Buck Sexton. Uh, I've worked on uh, you know Long Island News shows. Uh, that it's in my background, so I kind of like I know stuff, but I don't enjoy really talking about it. Maybe in our uh little world here, because we have spoken about, are you a fan of what Axel tweets or what Del James tweets? You know, same goes for you know Ted Nugent and now the the drummer of System of a Down can't shut up, like you know, Bruce Springsteen. It doesn't matter what side of the aisle do you like that. And I've always been in defense of that. I can even I don't enjoy what Ted Nugent has to say. I support his right to say it. You know, that 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 that's fine by me. And music has a history of being political. I never got that. Like you're just a musician. Don't no, that's to me, that's what music is. It's in addition to just trying to make you dance and feel good, but when musicians speak politically, I usually and I wasn't alive in the sixties, but that's what I think of. There's so much to it, so I never really got that. Even if you're not on that side, so I'm hoping for for those of you who are not perhaps on Harry's side to still stick around, because I see, you know, I get all the feedback and the comments, and and I've come to know some of you, the AFD show listener, you the bad apple who, who comment on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram, getting to know your your names because of your profile or your, your user handle. So I know I have listeners that are all across the board and, and their beliefs. So just remember, we're still meeting here because of our love for, for Guns N' Roses, okay? So let's, uh, let's get Harry on. Hi, Harry. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I wish I could express the, uh, y- y- the characters you've played and your approach to comedy, how much that has impacted me, but I know we only have 10 minutes. You are just, uh, you- you're the GOAT. If I could say that, if you're familiar, oh. you are, you're amazing. But Thank you thank you very much. You know, last night and I woke up the same thing, uh, this morning, not only is son-in-law stuck in my head, but the, the video gave me nightmares. <laughs> <laughs> was that your approach Was that the, was that the, did I get what you were trying to, trying to do to get, get a, put a catchy tune out there and also uh, haunt my dreams?
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's sort of the goal. <laughs> Who wouldn't yeah. want to do those things?
0: You know, I I read that you played every single US president. Is that correct?
1: Since well not not going back to Washington, no. Um since, okay. since Nixon, yeah, uh one place or another. Uh Nixon probably the most um over the years, but uh, I I did a lot of Reagan, uh did my my more than my share of Bill Clinton and um uh, and George W Bush and um uh, and and George H W Bush. Let, let leave us not forget. Yeah. So I, cause I do a radio show every week. Um, uh, I, I, uh, on public radio, I at least do them there if, and then oftentimes on television in one way or another.
0: Do you feel that Trump has given you the most material because he is unlike, I mean, I'm younger than you. So obviously he's different than anybody in my lifetime, but I'm sure in your t- lifetime as well, is, it, is is he the most to get from to put out an album?
1: Well, Musically, yeah, uh, there's something about stuff he says or does that, that, that makes me want to write a song. Um, I would say that, uh, because of his, uh, I would say desire, if not, uh, compulsion to have people look at him, watch him. It's like a five-year-old made you look, um, he's more in the public eye than most presidents. You know, uh. Most presidents have work to do. Um, he really works at being in the public eye, so he, he gives you more material. But I will say, in, in fairness, that uh, Richard Nixon was still probably the, 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 the best comic character I've ever uh, seen in the in the White House, B- mainly because what Trump does publicly, Nixon did privately— and every once in a while, they would leak out in the most amusing ways. Mm. So, take a, a simple example. He would he would say, "I'm not wallowing in Watergate," meaning he was spending every minute thinking about Watergate. But that public pose was, "I'm not wallowing in Watergate." And one day, he was meeting with the governor of Washington, and Governor Evans, discuss some matter, and he had a press conference with him, and he referred to Governor Evans. Do
0: you, when you make a, you know, parody music or an impression, do you find it like your escape or is there part of you? Because obviously there's a lot of frustration. If you follow the the Harry Shearer on on, on Twitter, obviously there's a lot of frustration within the humor. Uh, Does that make it, I guess, does it make it harder or easier for you? Because you know, there at the end of the day, I mean, there's some bad stuff going on, but you're putting it out there through. You know your own way, the Harry lens, and making it uh, palatable and funny for us. So, is it hard for you to write, or are you excited to make fun of it?
1: No, I mean I think uh, uh, making fun of it is uh, a great way of handling it. Uh, you know, I have friends who are much more emotionally wrought at this moment in time, and I, you know, I'm, I, I know what they're saying and what they're feeling, but I get to do something about it every week. Mm. You know, I get, I get. To if if nothing else blow off my steam in a uh, hopefully amusing manner. So uh, and that started you know I started doing this uh, during the Vietnam War when they wanted my ass too. Uh, So it was definitely a uh, a a a valve a a relief valve that I needed you know more than anything in those days. Wow! But I found it it works. Wow. I
0: I mean, for sure. I mean, but someone, uh, you know, I, what I have grown up on is the Simpsons, I think, are slightly younger than I am. So it's always been in my consciousness. I always feel like I've learned most things that I didn't learn in school. I've learned from the Simpsons or from even from Spinal Tap. So I want to ask you, because I know I I don't have you here for for too much longer, with Spinal Tap, which obviously it's still, I can't believe how relevant it still is today. It's not even just Mm -hmm. with Rock, but it can be. Uh, the parallels are uh, infinite. So there was a – because this is a GNR, theme, Guns N' Roses-themed podcast to kind of make it different than just a rock or a talk podcast. Uh, there was a an excerpt in Slash's book that one time Axel was so late that uh, he decided to watch the entire Spinal Tap movie, Slash did. And then when the f- show finally happened – uh, he was so depressed because he didn't he couldn't realize how much Guns N' Roses related to Spinal Tap. Have you heard that mm. s- story, or have you heard that from other bands as oh, well? I
1: heard that story, but you know, you talk about not just uh, uh, being relevant to rock. I've had classical musicians come up to me and say they they take the video or the DVD or whatever form it's in on the bus when they're traveling because it relates to their their life too. You know, it's it's really the life in music. Uh, the particular form the music takes doesn't seem to you know I've had country artists tell me that as well mm. down in Nashville where they all live apparently um, so yeah I mean I think we, we, we hit something because, and I think the reason was because we were we were obviously trying to make a funny movie but we were trying to make a movie that was true we were trying to make a movie that sort of just collapsed all the funny things we'd ever heard about life on the road or that we'd experienced ourselves and just took out the boring parts as opposed to making stuff, you know, making just stuff out of, uh, you know, oh, wouldn't it be funny if they, you know, stepped on a cat, um, (laughs) you know, just real stuff. And I think the reality of it is what makes it relatable to people in, in fields of music, far, far from heavy metal or hard rock. That's why for me,
0: I, I put up the mighty wind the uh, the same way, and that's why I relate to so much of the, the the Simpsons. It's not just a cartoon to me. It's 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 obviously there are the very silly parts, but so much of it's so relatable. So a couple of quick uh, questions before I, I let you go. Uh, uh-huh. Is it true that Otto was based on slash or I guess the 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 drawings? I want to know. I guess the GNR references. No what
1: the drawings were based on, because okay. The voices and the 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 visual people never never meet, uh, but no, the the voice wasn't no.
0: Okay, uh, is there an inspiration you get for Otto's voice?
1: No, just sort of a a, a you know a, a, a talker that I may have run into along the way somewhere. Okay,
0: <laughs> and do you know which came first, uh, Duff Beer or Duff McKagan?
1: I have no idea.
0: Okay. All right, I think that that's...
1: You have have stumped the guest.
0: (laughs) And one, uh, because I I have one more, uh, and you don't have to say it, because there was a story that came out years ago when Spinal Tap played uh, Wembley Stadium for uh, the Freddie Mercury tribute concert, and Mm -hmm. somebody in GNR played a trick by pulling, I don't know if it was your amp out or... uh, Yeah, Nigel. It it was Nigel. And you don't have to say it now, but do you know who may or may not have done that?
1: Our keyboard player knows.
0: Okay, <laughs> Okay. he'll be next on my guest list then. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I I, I I, don't want to pass on a rumor. To me, it's a rumor. Okay, I,
0: I understood. But, yeah. Understood. Harry, I mean, I, I wish we could do this again. You are brilliant in everything that you, you've done. You're an inspiration to me, to how I approach uh, my career, my life. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm glad you're still, you know, putting out very poignant music, uh, this new album the, uh, that's, that's coming out is just so Harry Sheer and it's just um, just keep doing it until you can't do it anymore so thank you for your time
1: Thanks. that's my plan, <laughs> thank that's, you stay okay.
0: safe so I don't know if you could tell, I got slightly nervous talking to Harry I, I never Very get nice. yeah, Ben I, 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 I never get those and Mitch Lafon, my dear friend Mitch Lafon, hears this, he's like, I've never gotten nervous by doing an interview, whole fucking shit bullshit <laughs> you know especially when you're talking to a hero of yours right. and you know and i'm and, and no joke and i tweeted this the other day i just have as easily could have done a uh, a simpsons podcast instead of a guns and roses podcast because the simpsons are my guns and roses of tv i feel yeah, mine like, too i have to say yeah uh yeah yeah They just go so deep. It's not just on the surface. like It's not Guns N' Roses on on the surface. It's just a rock band. No, they go so deep that you could do a podcast about them. I think The Simpsons are the same way. Uh, So that brings me to this next segment, which is – I'm so – I guess it's a combined segment of fan obsession and uh, uh, appetite for discovery. I mean, it could be a a combined – because this is just awesome. Or it could be even uh, Mr. Maelstone. Because initially, I got, you know, they're also stupid. But then again, I was inspired by the Simpsons to be stupid. So who's at fault here? Uh, Blame Harry for that. I know, I know. So I got this awesome message from, from Ben Solomon, who's on with me uh, right now from Israel. And I want to give a little preamble as to why Ben is here with us today on this episode. And uh, I often say, and it's true that I get new messages all the time and I've been doing this podcast for four years. I'm not just saying it. I don't have, I'm not delusional enough to make up listeners. Uh, so it's, it's not just like new, it's not new people to the podcast that are hopping on this uh, podcast night train. It's all over the world. And maybe I have listeners, but I don't know if I've ever gotten a direct message from Israel before. And that made me so happy because I don't know if you've seen Ben, and I don't think you have copyright to it. We'll talk about it. Uh, my brother got from you when he went on birthright uh, to Israel. Which, if for the people who don't know, it's—I uh, think the age is under 29. I don't know if that's changed. I mean, this is pre-COVID world. But uh, if you are Jewish, if you have lineage, you want to take a pil- You know, you want a pilgrimage to Israel and learn about your history our history. You can go. And I've had a couple of, brother, I'm the oldest of four, and I've had a couple of my younger brothers go. I couldn't go, A, because radio early in my career, I, vacations did not exist. And also, you can probably attest to there's a lot of walking in Israel, right? Yeah, way too much. I am <laughs> handicapped, and it's just like, I, I, yeah, it's this, it wasn't going to happen. It wasn't, Israel doesn't seem to be very handicapped accessible, <laughs> which is totally That's fine. right. It was built a long time ago, so it's okay. Uh, so I got this message from Ben, who is uh, connecting to us uh, today for this uh, this portion of the show. And I think this was uh, – it must have been on the anniversary of Appetite for Destruction, which I believe was a, uh, a week ago as we're recording this. So he says, happy birthday to the Bible today. Uh, mm-hmm. Great podcast, man. I recently discovered it and almost halfway through it. I've been a fan since the 90s. First show I saw was in Israel, 19, 1993. With Izzy filling in for Gilby and Brian May opening, uh, with Cozy Powell, rest in peace. Monster drum solo. GNR is my life, especially Duff. Check out my tribute band. I think the best in the Middle East. Guns and Moses. Much love from Israel, and stay safe and awesome. And so, Guns and Moses. If you've seen my brother, got me from Israel, and I should have worn it for you. I think it's in the laundry. <laughs> uh, a Guns and Moses T-shirt. So. Was that a, did he buy accidentally buy your band's T-shirt or is that just a... <laughs> no, we
2: haven't been really around from the nineties. Oh, okay. Um, well, no, this and is the like band 90, name is actually okay. The band's name is uh, based on a, a T-shirt that Axel wore in the Dust and Bones tour okay. um, in ninety three when he came here. He had a Guns and Moses T-shirt, so we named our band after it. Yeah, and we started the band in I think 19, no, in 2014. Okay. Um, just a bunch of uh, fanatics. The main one being our uh, singer David Rose, who actually changed his name after Axel. Legally, uh, he changed legally. legally. Yeah, man. <laughs> wow, that's uh, that's hardcore. Yeah, <laughs> I, don't
0: know.
1: yeah I know, wow. man.
2: He's like the biggest fan I know. And I got my uh, little brother involved to play uh, rhythm guitar, natural oh. air, play bass. Okay. Um, and a good friend of ours, Elrond, who's a total slash fanatic, even looks a bit like him, but he just plays the same, you know. Uh, and we started jamming out Guns N' Roses for the, for the fun of it. Like every weekend, get together and get some friends and beers and and jam some GNR. And one day, one of the friends says, "You guys are really good. You know, you should fucking do a show." So that's how it started. We did like one show to celebrate. Um, it was on Guns N' Roses' first show in Israel date to celebrate like 23 years uh, from the that event. And the rest is history. Just snowballed into a monster here with the following, and and we just keep on touring Israel all the time. How is that name not taken before? It's I just like, now.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Lucky you, because <laughs> it's brilliant. So, yeah. So when my my like my because I, I, maybe I heard that joke or someone made a meme. You see sometimes those memes of uh, the Charlton Heston Moses in the Appetite lineup right. going around. But no, I think that's that's awesome and how embraced they are in Israel, especially just not going there often. Okay. You know, does that make it, you know, this is something I, I want to ask because I've spoken to a lot of fans from other countries. I think that, that inspires me. I mean, of course I've had people on from uh, the States here on, on the podcast, but is that something that, because bands don't, they're not going to come to New York. like They're not going to come to Israel like they come to New York. That's is right. that something that's like accepted or does that, bother you? Because that, that's a long time. I know GNR has had
2: a lot of touring issues, but still, that's a long time. That's so, right. I mean, I can tell you we're really uh, the, the crowd in Israel and I think it doesn't really matter for which band uh, is really appreciative of artists who come here because we know and I have a few friends in the business to call it like that. Um, so Uh, I do know how much uh, it costs Ben to actually come here because we're not really part of... It's not like when you're touring Europe and you can go just put your shit on a truck and start, you know, rolling around countries in Europe. You have to really uh, fly especially here. Uh, I think there's also uh, insurance costs because Israel is not the safest place in the world Mm -hmm. sometimes. Mm. Um, So that's looked at also... Uh, and because of all these costs, usually bands either start here their tour or finish it here. Okay. So, yeah, I guess it's it's understood. It's just yeah, understood. it is, and we really appreciate it.
0: And, and and Muck, I mean, for one, that's what makes a concert such a concert. Because maybe I'm, I feel like I've been taking it for granted. Maybe because I mean now we all feel like we've been taking it for granted because nowhere. Right. I mean, unless you. For some reason, unless you want to see the chain smokers or Great White, you know, no one really is doing concerts. Exactly. Uh, but music is just readily available or just the big acts are readily available on Long Island or in New York, wherever I've primarily been. Even when I lived in Cape Cod, I would just go up to, mm-hmm. to Boston. You know. uh, so that just makes it so special. So I can't – can you tell me a little bit more about that first show that you mentioned in the – the letter that you went to in Israel, uh, 1993, because that's, that's, um, I have, I wasn't there and I can say that it was a memorable show.
2: That's that, that's one of those shows
0: you think about when you think about the era of GNR. Yeah.
2: So, so I can say I was 16 at the time. Uh, I was born in 77. So yeah, 93, I was 16. Um, and Israel was in a different state that it is today, so it was a bit more old-fashioned. And back then, also, GNR had this uh, rap of being the most dangerous band in the world and everything, right? Um, so, at the time, not there were still some conservative parents also who didn't want to send their kids to, uh, you know, a badass rock and roll show, and. Where I come from, which is a kibbutz, which is kind of like a small community, mm. a lot of parents were like uh, against it. But my parents, uh, and that's something that years later I asked my mom why she let me go to the concert. They just let me go alone, by the way. <laughs> like we went like wow. me, uh, my brother, which was 13 a group of some volunteers and some other kids. They drove us there, put us in the park, and picked us up later, and that's it. And she said, you know, when I was your age, um, then the Beatles were supposed to come and perform in Israel, and then they banned the show, and eventually the Beatles didn't perform in Israel. And I remember how I felt, and I didn't want you to feel like this. Even though I don't really like Guns N' Roses, but, uh, so I figured I'll let you go. And we went and it was magic, man, really, you know, seeing Brian May, which is also one of, I mean, my brother is total, uh, Queen fan. So for him, it was a dream come true as close as possible, you know, without Freddie, Mm. um, and, you know, I, we loved it. And they played such a special show. Also, the fact that Easy uh, was filling in for Gilby because he just broke his wrist or something with a motorbike accident. And it was, I think, the first time they played a show with Easy uh, since 91, August 91, I think, um, when they played the park here. It was, yeah, May 23rd. And they did the whole unplug thing in the middle, you know. So some of the fans were really disappointed because they were really looking forward for like a, you know, the usual Guns N' Roses show mm. when they play uh, the whole set with all of the uh, like all the uh, the gems, call it. Uh, you know, they didn't play "Don't Cry" for for starters. Okay. Uh, so a lot of people were disappointed. And they thought that the whole unplugged thing in the middle wasn't called for and things like that. But I just took it all in. I mean, the experience of watching something special going on that not everyone's getting really. And, fuck, they played Dead Horse at the end, which was, you still saw some faces in the crowd going like, huh? (laughs) Because it's not like a known track, you know? At the time, at least. Right, right, right. And, uh, it wasn't the, well, the radio hit
0: of a Don't Cry, you know? Exactly. It it's Don't not, not was like Party
2: City or like Sweet Child and stuff yeah. like that. So, yeah, it was really magical. And since then, that's it. Do you remember the nicer. reaction when Axel came out with the the Guns N' Moses? Uh? <sighs> we, we just... I I don't remember specifically the reaction, you know, to the, to the shirt or anything, but the fan's reaction to the, to the show was amazing. I remember like the first song in, he, He went. They went off stage and then he came back on stage with the mayor of Tel Aviv and he was walking like with his hand around his shoulder and they were both walking to the front of the stage and then the mayor of Tel Aviv took the mic and he goes, Exo says that you should stop throwing shit at the stage. (laughs) (laughs) And then they continued the show. It was really something. We waited there the whole day. From, I don't know, from the morning. There were people who slept there like the night before in the park to be first in line. It was crazy.
0: Is that, that was your first show, as we mentioned. Have you been to a show since then
2: that has come close? Uh, Close? Well, I can tell you the reunion show in 2017 was crazy here Mm. it was the biggest rock show or show in israel to date as far as attendance goes wow um and yeah and i was like front row of that shit right under (laughs) Exxon. really (laughs) Wow. wow 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 it was really amazing it was a long one it was like two and a half almost three hours gig wow
0: do you, do you take any pictures or video or when you're up there are you just like oh my god i can't believe this is happening
2: i took like a few but i really just soaked it in yeah all right plus i didn't want excel just coming at me Sure. <laughs> security is lame i'm going home yeah <laughs>
0: nice 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 well played well played, right. well played. No, I love it. And you also, in addition to the Guns N' Roses, you have your own music, right? That's kind of
2: inspired by the GNR sound? That's right. I mean, uh, a lot of the stuff, I mean, I play in different bands, but my own material, uh, whatever I create, you know, out of myself is very much influenced uh, by a lot of stuff. Um, that is GNR or GNR related, you know. Could be Velvet Revolver or the Believe in Me album that really um, shaped me. I think, in a way, as a musician or a songwriter. Okay, that's cool. I usually
0: ask, but it doesn't seem like I, I feel like I know my know the answer because I'm, I'm continuously amazed. It, it's for one that you obviously speak beautiful English. I mean, you, probably, you. You, you speak it better than I do. <laughs> but for those, like I've had uh, people come on from Greece who are very maybe self-conscious about their, their English or their accent. And to me, it's, I, I don't speak like Kelsey Grammar, so we're all just having fun here. Dude. We don't need to speak all like exactly. we're Masterpiece Theater. But what I'm amazed is when people who are from other countries that their first language is not English and they listen to this English-speaking podcast, which means a lot, Obviously, it's different when it's Guns N' Roses or it's a band. Music is universal. But sometimes I'm just curious. You know, Guns N' Roses is obviously huge in America, huge in Israel. But I think we've spoken about on the podcast before, like Aerosmith would be huge in America and not huge in other countries. What other mm-hmm. bands, I guess, are big in Israel? That's kind of like my long-winded. Other than GNR, what other rock bands are maybe big but, there or bigger in Israel than they might be bigger in, in the States. I'm just
2: curious of maybe some parallels in, in music and some differences. I think we're pretty similar. I mean, Metallica's big here and Bon Jovi and people dig Madonna, mm-hmm. right? It's like the, the consensus artists, as I call them. Um, but we do have a smaller artist. I, I know like, like Chris Cornell used to come here a lot. Really. Okay. And all his shows were sold out. And uh, I was in, privileged enough to be in uh, one of his Soundgarden gigs uh, in their last tour. But he used to come here just, you know, with, uh, by himself with an acoustic guitar and fill the concert hall, you know, and do like two, three nights in a row. And uh, so he was really big, Nick Cave. Also, okay. Um, yeah, nice. Please, nice You want pixies. Um, Morrissey comes here a lot, okay. I can tell you that, <laughs> okay. Um, even Roger Waters was here once. Mm. There you go, <laughs> and and uh, and surprisingly, a lot of people love him here, really, uh, and Pink Floyd and stuff like that. So uh, yeah, it goes to show that music is beyond the bullshit, right? That's exactly. That's why I I, tr- I
0: try to build this uh, podcast around it. Of course, Guns N' Roses being the center, but just all the other bullshit. Let's just meet in the middle and agree on Guns N' Roses. Everything else, you know, if you're a Trump supporter or not, well, all right. Let's let's, all right. let's get past that. Let's talk. If you want to talk about that on another podcast or another conversation, sure. Let's table that. Let's be friends here and talk about Guns N' Roses. Let's, let's do that. <laughs> let's exactly. have a, long, a long little moment. Uh, speaking of moments, any other, because uh, you spoke about the reunions, obviously spoke about 93, any other tour experiences that stick out in your, in your mind that you've been to?
2: Oh well, Yeah, I mean, I, I've seen them uh, in different uh, constellations, uh, so to speak. So in summer of 93, GNR came here. And a week or two weeks later, I think Metallica came here also with the Black Album tour. And we were like camps back then. It was like, uh, if you love GNR, then you don't like Metallica and vice versa because of the whole, you know, feud that they had back then or alleged. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's all bullshit. But later, uh, after I I moved to Holland and I lived there for like a decade, speaking of uh, privileged concert places, like everyone comes to Amsterdam. Yeah, uh, <laughs> huh. I yeah. Why. so yeah. I actually I saw there I think the last European show ever of Velvet Revolver, which was really kick ass. I mean mm. they played the whole almost all of the the two records like Contraband and uh, Libertad. And another three Guns N' Roses uh, songs and three uh, STP songs. Um, So, yeah, full disclosure, Scott Whalen was my favorite vocalist. Um, And I still mourn him. Uh, So, yeah, that summer, by the way, um, there was... Was it that summer or the one before? Uh, In... I forgot the year, but there was like a summer where we had Guns N' Roses in uh, Holland. It was in Arnhem in the park. And, um, And they were, I think they were just joined by Bumblefoot. And Izzy was in that show as well. It was like kick-ass evening that the opener was Alice in Chains and Stone Sour and then you had Guns uh, N' Roses um, which was amazing really they did a lot of stuff from the from the Chinese catalog and everything that you wished for from really from AFD and the illusions and two weeks later there was a Metallica show which this time I attended actually <laughs> Uh, so it was like a throwback to the 90s summer Um, that was a great show Um, and there was another show in Israel pre uh, the uh, pre the reunion uh, not in this lifetime show I think it was 2012 or something like that and in that one uh, I even have one of my favorite memorabilia pieces, which is the, a few of the guitar picks from uh, Forrest and, uh, and Bumblefoot and Tommy. Okay. Uh, so
0: speaking of which, I asked this to the the GNR fans that come on. What is your favorite piece of memorabilia? Well,
2: it, it's going to have to be that one um, along with uh, – a signed CD that I have uh, from uh, um, Walking Papers. Okay. Yeah, signed by Duff. That's nice. So, That's cool. Yeah, it's right. definitely these two. All and right. and there's a different item, but it's not Guns and Roses related. So what's, what's that? It's a drumstick handed to me by uh, Ian Pace from Deep Purple after okay. a show. All right. Nice. Hell yeah, was Man. a good one. Very
0: cool. And yeah. last one, uh, your your favorite guns. I guess you can say your favorite Guns N' Roses song, and since uh, Scott Weiland is your favorite, your favorite Velvet Revolver song.
2: Um. So yeah, I love the the really um, long ones like Coma and Strange. But being a Duff fan, um. The, really so fine it has a special place in my heart mm. and uh i love the covers that he did like in the spaghetti right the attitude and uh and uh can't put your arms around memory and scott Wyland velvet revolver it's either soccer t- Sucker train blues or loving the alien i know mm. they're both like really different because one is like kick and the other one is uh, a ballad um but it's those. And I have to say that I think that Sucker Train Blues would have made a better fit for Axel than um, Slither.
0: I, uh, I I agree with that. I there are a lot of Velvet Revolver songs I want to hear Axel sing and, and for whatever reason Slither just wasn't one of them. But I'm happy he does it. So I'm not I don't mm-hmm. yeah. I, I'm not gonna complain because I think it's just awesome that he does Velvet Revolver and and Duff and Slash. They were playing Chinese, so it's like they're all, you know, yeah, salu- saluting team. that time when they were away from each other. So, you know, I'm yeah, not going to complain soccer. about it. But yeah, I, I put those questions out there. What would you love to hear Axel sing, Velcro, revolver right. wise? And it's it's great. I think there there is a, a uh, an octave where Axel and and, and Scott meet, and, right. and 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 within that pocket, they can both do something different with it. And, I, and mm-hmm. uh, that's why they're obviously both of my favorite two of my favorites as well. Um, yeah. So Ben, this was really cool getting to getting to know you a little bit. I, I hope you're, you're doing okay. I mean, how is, um, how is, is Israel right now with the pandemic? Are, are
2: they as bad as we are here in the States? I yeah. I mean, we're uh, a lot of people are working from home. Um, yep. I make it to the office, but it's not really obligatory. So, uh, you know, whenever I want to, um there's some demonstrations going on against the government not doing enough. Um same here, <laughs> same everywhere. There, there you go. So uh so you're talking about uh, doing uh, people doing anti-Trump uh stuff uh in the US. So here there's like anti-BB stuff. Mm, yeah. Um but all in all what can I say? It's summer, and we're taking kids to the beach and listening to Guns N' Roses and barbecuing. So,
0: that's it, man. I there's know there's so much stuff in the world. You know, we're aware of it. We're not putting our heads in the sand, but you know, we gotta focus on what keeps us happy in the moment. That's friends. That's right. family. That's Guns N' Roses. So exactly. And this podcast, <laughs> I guess, Hopefully it's a go. nice distraction from everything. Well, Ben, this was awesome. No and um, I, I'm sure we'll be doing this again soon. You were a lot of fun to talk to and cool, nice I love to, you, you know, I, I'm, I'm jealous of my brothers. I told him this, the, that I couldn't go to uh, to Birthright because of, and I've talked about this on the podcast that I have mm-hmm. a physical uh, disability. And I'll, I'll show you this. I showed you this off the air, but I don't know if I ever talked about it on the air. Uh, well, I've shown the my handicap logo as I'm talking about, you know, this is my segue into another GNR tattoo that I forgot that I kind of had uh, so you see my handicap logo with the metal horns yeah the metal horns nice. and then right next to that on, this is on my uh, inner left bicep so on the, the top of my left bicep there's some Hebrew there and I, I, I hope I can say it with the proper accent I know what it means uh, so it's Hebrew and it says Savlanut that's right, right. Savlanut indeed yeah I don't say it as, as uh, sexy as you do but it's that's 'Cause that's why you're I'm a <laughs> Brooklyn Jew, Seinfeld Jew, like you're you know, you're from the homeland. Uh so I got that. And what that means is patience. So right. of course, obviously the Guns N' Roses song Patience was an inspiration behind that, but I'm not g I am not I do not ever think about it as a strictly Guns N' Roses tattoo because just the word patience and me being erotic and always trying to get on to the next thing and, and just needing mm-hmm. to live in the moment and to breathe. So it's the literal meaning of patience. Uh, it was some G&R influence sprinkled in. And I will say this because it's uh, we talked about this also off the air, but I want to mention it on the podcast because it's funny. Because of, of course people get uh, lyrics tattooed on them. or English, Like right. It could be an excerpt from a book. Mm-hmm. Uh, in my head, I'm thinking I don't want to have the English language tattooed on me. And it's okay for those who out there who have it on them. You know, if it's a, uh, you know, sometimes it's nice. Like sometimes you get a, like your, like um, the signature from a, a grandparent on you or something like that. It could be done cool. But I'm like, you know what? I know I'm not the best example of a Jewish person, but I did go to Hebrew school. You know, I was bar mitzvah, It is my lineage. You know, I, we both have the, uh, the Russian and Polish uh, ethnicity in common. Yeah. So, and I love how, uh, the Hebrew language looks aesthetically. I think it's beautiful. So mm-hmm. I, I'm like, let me get this on me. It's not like I'm getting Chinese lettering either, where it says wonton soup by accident. It's just, <laughs> right. So <laughs> I, I keep forgetting that I have a patient's tattooed on I me mean, that I probably should bring up on a Gino podcast. Yeah, I
2: think it's beautiful, man. It's a, and it's the one thing uh that that really maybe we all just need to take a little breather and. And, you know, and chillax. And as you said it, man, focus on what counts really, on what we have and less on what we don't have. I mean, always strive to be better, but, you know, a little more patience, more tenderness. Yeah. And I yeah. think uh, you know what, maybe after this episode, we should both uh, listen to Chris
0: Cornell's version of Patience. Yeah, it's not that
2: bad. It's really different, though.
0: Huh? I know. It's just you it's liked so. It? I did like it. Um I like his prince cover. I like some of his other covers better mm. uh you know um, Prince, yeah. and I guess uh, uh what's what's the other major oh Billy Jean is pretty great
2: uh yeah. imagines great and this the one's, one that he did you 2 with uh with one right yeah, he did one of you two with the lyrics of Metallica's one that was hilarious I don't think I've heard that actually. <sighs> you gotta listen to it it's so funny. His
0: best, I think, cover ever, but it wasn't, I don't know if you want to compare it because it's not just acoustic. Uh, it was with Carlos Santana and A Whole lot of Love. It is so fucking good. It is so yeah, good. Yeah, I haven't heard that one. Oh, uh, Santana and Chris Cornell doing Zeppelin. Oh, beautiful. Wow, I think I'm check uh, it out, man. I think there was a whole album of Santana. I mean, he's known for his collaborations, yeah. but I think it was, it was Chris guesting on an album like that. Was called the Supernatural album. No, I don't think so. I think it was called like Guitar. I don't know. I have to look it up. It's on my iPod. (laughs) All right, I'll check it out later. Yeah, no, it's good. Uh, anyway, thanks uh, again, Ben. And uh, I'm sure we'll be talking. You're welcome. Sure. So that does it for this episode of Appetite for Distortion. Thank you again for hanging out wherever you listen, whether it's on iHeartRadio or Spotify or Spreaker or SoundCloud. If you can leave a comment, leave a comment. If you can leave a review, Leave a review. If you can tell a friend about this podcast, please tell them. Think about it. There's a Guns N' Roses podcast that not only talks to current members, Frank Farr, Dizzy Reed, Richard Fortas, hopefully more in the future, (laughs) hopefully more, past members, Matt Sorum, Roberta Freeman, Tracy Amos, uh, Teddy Zigzag, Tommy Stinson, and we're also talking to Paulie Shore, Tom Green, Jim Brewer, Pollyanna McIntosh from The Walking Dead, and today, Harry Shearer from The Simpsons. You know there's one friend, at least I would love one episode of the AFD show. You know that. That's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to make the, I'm trying to make like a Guns N' Roses hybrid podcast where there's just anything you could think of, any reference you can make, you could tie it back to this podcast. Even though it still has to do with Guns N' Roses. Now, even though The Simpsons revolves around the Simpson family, you can always relate back to it. Maybe you can always relate back to this episode. So there's an episode for everybody. Because think about it. Ben didn't know about this podcast until a week ago. Now he was on it. (laughs) And he's on an episode with Harry Shearer. That's pretty cool, right? So remember, you can always be a part of this show. You can potentially co-host an interview with me. You can have a segment just like Ben did today. A lot of ways to reach out, facebook.com slash the AFD show or on Twitter at the AFD show, Instagram, Appetite for Distortion, Gmail, the AFD show at gmail.com. Lots of different ways, no excuses. Let's all get involved in this crazy, crazy podcast uh, that is continuing to uh, to go places I never expected. And that's all thanks to you. So who is going to be the next interview? When are you going to see it? Well, the words of Axel Rose concerning Chinese democracy. You'll see it. I don't know if soon is the word.
1: Thanks to the lame-ass security, I'm going home.